0: Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by guest speaker, Reverend Bob Hecker. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter four, verse 17 through 24, in the New Testament section of our Red Bibles, page 186. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. To Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 4, verse 17. Now this I affirm and insist on in the Lord, You must no longer live as the Gentiles live, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance and hardness of heart. They have lost all sensitivity and have abandoned themselves to licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That is not the way you learn Christ, for surely you have heard about him and were taught in him, as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your self, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. Earlier this morning, uh, some of us from First Presbyterian Church here celebrated this Lord's Day with our sister church the Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem. Uh, that's in Palestine, not, not uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> today, with Christians around the world, we celebrate Trinity Sunday. And today, of course, we celebrate our Father's Gail and I have done a lot of celebrating here at First Press over the years, but sometimes we worship at other churches. Years ago, at an African American church, an old man sat near the pulpit, and throughout the sermon, he intoned, Make it plain, preacher, make it plain. Then towards sermon's end, bring it home, preacher. (laughs) Bring it home. Would you please pray with me? Dear Holy Spirit, you inspired today's scripture. Help me to make it plain. Help me to bring it home. And by your mighty power, Help us to hear what you would have us hear today. This morning, we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, that Dale just read to us. But first, I would like to review the verses in chapter 4 that precede today's text. In verse 1, Paul begs the Ephesian church, just as he begs this church, to lead lives worthy of our calling. Our calling, he says, is to equip one another to participate in building up the church until we are working together in unity and love. Now that's a mouthful and I'd like to come back to it. So let me repeat. Our calling, he says, is to equip one another to building up the church until we are all working together in unity and and love. So now let's return to today's text, chapter, or verse 17, where Paul insists. I insist in the Lord, he says, that you no longer live as the Gentiles live. Paul is writing to a Gentile audience, and he's telling them, do not live as the Gentiles live. So what's going on here? Well, Paul recognized two groups of Gentiles in Ephesus. The first were the new Christians in his Ephesian church family. The second group were pagans, 250,000 of them, making Ephesus the second largest city in the world. Paul describes them in verses 18 and 19. These pagans, they live in the futility of their minds, darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, ignorant and hard-hearted of heart, They have lost all sensitivity, giving themselves over to practice every kind of licentiousness, greedy for every kind of impurity. Yikes! These are strong words. They sound like a rant from a church insider against church outsiders. But this is not what they are. If we listen more closely to Paul, we hear the voice of a loving father leading his family out of harm's way. He pleads with them, live lives worthy of your calling. He insists you must not live like those around you, I've heard Paul's words before. In my teenage years, there were three mortal sins, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. (laughs) I still hear the warnings. This is what other people do, Robert. This is not who we are. Do not follow the crowd, Robert. Do not be a -a look-alike. It was like Paul lived at our house. (laughs) But here's the point. For Paul, for parents, for all of us, keeping our loved ones out of harm's way is of primal importance. In Paul's day, A Greek word separated Jews and Christians from the rest of the world. The word is porneia, which meant any kind of sex outside of marriage. The pagans openly practiced porneia, but for Jews, it was a capital sin, and it meant death by stoning. Early Christians also considered pornea sin, but not so much with the stoning. So in this way, Jews and Christians did not look like the rest of the world. In Ephesus, a a temple dominated the city's life Twice the size of the Parthenon, it's among the world's seven wonders. It was dedicated to the Greek goddess Artemis. And Artemis came in different versions. In parts of the Greco-Roman world, she was the goddess of chastity. But to the pagans of Ephesus, She was the goddess of anything goes. So in Ephesus, licentious living was widespread. There were no limits, there were no boundaries. Many in the church worshiped Artemis in their past lives. So Paul feared for his people. He knew that their return to this foreign deity and her ways would separate them from God. Their calling to build up the church in unity and love would be a sham and God would not honor it. So Paul's words echoed among them, live lives worthy of your calling. Do not live like those around you Ephesus and its temple are now a a ruins, a tourist attraction, a reminder of past history. But sexual sin is still with us. It defiles the temple of the body. It invades families, institutions, and the church. It remains hidden away until it isn't. And when it explodes into view, the sheep are scattered. But the very worst part is that it separates us from God and from each other. In the last sentence of verse 19, Paul broadens his message. Here he says, the pagans were greedy to practice every kind of impurity. The word greedy coupled with every kind of impurity leads to questions like, what am I greedy for? What am I unwilling to give up to follow Jesus, what has replaced God in my life. In verse 24, Paul speaks of purity as righteousness and holiness. In the Christian life, we long for purity for ourselves, for our family, and for our church. And yet, as purity eludes us, our sinfulness pursues us. So, how do we move from impurity to purity? How do we move from darkness to light? Paul gives us a starting point in verse 20 and 21. Here he speaks of hearing, of being taught, of learning the truth of Christ. We all need people in our lives to teach us Christ, to set us on the path and point us in the right direction. Bill Grady's story about his father leading him to Christ as a little boy witnesses to this truth. When I hear stories like Bill's, of being led to Christ as a child, I wonder how much did they understand? For that matter, I wonder how much did I understand when I was led to Christ at age 50? Dave Handley, used to tell us that when we come to Christ, we bring as much as we know about ourselves to as much as we know about Christ. But surely the most important knowledge of a lifetime is when we recognize ourselves as sinners and understand that only Christ can lift that burden from our hurting hearts. We all all need people in our lives to teach us Christ, to set us on the path, and point us in the right direction. Verses 22 through 24 of today's scripture are the drumbeat of Paul's ministry. The message of these verses is in all of his letters to all of his churches. It tells us to do three things. Put off your old self. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And clothe yourself as you were created in the likeness of God in his righteousness and his holiness. What Paul says here is beyond radical. It's about turning my back on whatever is broken and dark in my past. It's about emptying my mind of every self-gratifying thought And having the mind of Christ. It's about turning a wretch like me into the very likeness of God. What Paul calls me to do is impossible. I can't do it, and neither can you. But God can. And he already has. When we hear hear the words, follow me in our innermost being, and we answer, I will follow, in that very moment, we become a new creation. No longer wretches in our creator's eyes, we live for eternity, with him clothed in the purity of Christ. In the year after I said I will follow, a verse of scripture captivated me. It was Romans ten nine. If you confess with your lips, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God rose him from the dead, you will be saved. In the margin of my Bible, next to those words I wrote, it's that simple. But it isn't. It took Christ's death, death on the cross, his resurrection, and his ascension to make that one line of scripture possible. That was his part, and it was costly. Now this is our part. When we move into the light, we must learn to live in the light. It's an awkward process growing into holiness, but we are not alone, and we are not helpless. With the words I will follow, the Spirit of Christ enters our hearts. And by the power of the Spirit, we have the strength to do the next right thing, to overcome our temptations, and to live for God. Well, that's what the people in the Ephesian church did. They became a light in the darkness. Their light is with us this morning in Scripture. Their their light remains in Scripture for all eternity. God Himself wrote the final chapter of their story. I know your works, says the Lord, your toil and your patient endurance. I know that you cannot tolerate evildoers. I also know you are enduring patiently bearing up for the sake of my name and that you have not grown weary. Now we return to where this story began. Live lives worthy of your calling, Paul said to them. Do not live like those around you. And so it was for these Ephesian Christians, by the power of the triune God, we celebrate today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to God be the glory. Amen.